0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com. That's Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome in, everybody, to SEC Football and Beyond. I am Chris Landry going solo again today. I believe Neil is going to be back on Tuesday. Pretty sure. I haven't uh, spoken with him this week. on vacation, um, so we're going to uh, reconvene with him Um. On Tuesday, we think. Uh, we've got a good show for you today. I'm really excited about it. Uh, you know, it's a lot of what you want to talk about, things you want to talk about, but there's certainly things that I've got on my agenda that I like to talk about. we're going to have a question about ranking the SEC coaches, and um, I guess it's in response to how I rank coaches and the process of going ranking assistant and head coaches. Uh, so we'll go into that. We'll get a recruiting update from around the SEC and how things look to this point. We talked about it on a national level yesterday. Um, maybe kind of give it a little bit of a if we get a chance state of the program for all schools. Uh, maybe take a look at some of the, you know who some of the best players in the league are, but maybe some players that are really good that you don't know as much about. Maybe on teams that are not going to be very good, but you may want to get a feel uh, for some of those players so all of those are kind of born out of question so we'll get to some most of those topics um, during this show today um, wanna to also thank the folks at Blue Skies and Alpha Specialties for bringing this show to you and we're gonna have a word about those folks in a little bit we do want to tell you and you won't really notice much of a difference um, but starting a week from Monday, and by the way, happy 4th, everyone. Um, enjoy a nice, safe weekend with your family, whatever your friends, whatever you plan on doing. A week from Monday, the 12th, is our target date to transition the show, this SEC Football and Beyond, with the great folks at Podcast Park, Dickey Broadcasting through Atlanta. You won't, um, we'll let you know Are you still if you're watching this show live how you do it you're still going to be able to do it the podcast form where you go to get it will be a little bit of an adjustment but it's going to be all smooth and it'll it'll be us doing the same things it'll it'll uh, help us grow and help us do the things that we ultimately want to do with the show so we have been working on that uh, did a lot of work this week on it to kind of get things logistically underway and we'll have a couple of meetings next week to try to finalize things and we think again next um next monday the 12th we'll we'll uh, we'll see that and we'll certainly um involve the great folks dan matthews and the great folks at southern sports today which brings you the chuck oliver show uh, which is on my television network twitch television network twitch.tv slash Football. So we're really excited about that, and uh, we think uh, get that going a couple of weeks right before the, I guess, the unofficial start for fans of the football season, although it never right quite ends <coughs> for those of us that work in football. But for those of you, I think once we get to media daytime, it's going to be um it's going to be on, as they say. It's going to be close. So we appreciate uh, taking your questions today. I see Corey is joining us. Good morning, Corey. And uh, again, good morning and um, happy holiday weekend to all of you. Some of you maybe are out and about today, so hope that uh, you're still able to join us. A reminder, um, we're working. I'm working all the way through all through the weekend. Uh, you'll continue to get updates on... The um, NFL notebooks, the college notebooks, each and every day, uh, we've got that for you. I see a couple of them. I see the college notebook for listed as Tuesdays, really, really Thursdays. Um, uh, but anyway, we've uh, we we certainly have that uh, update for you. All the recruiting news, all the recruiting information, the latest. That's actually there. We go. We've got um, the college notebook. Um, couple of big running back commitments yesterday. University of Washington, Texas. You can get the information on that. Um, Learn a little bit about what's going on and what's happened in the Washington football team and the $10 million fine. And a wrapping up, hopefully today, of the series of grading the top players in the NFL uh, by position. Uh, so we got that. Got all the SEC schools and been uh, working on all the other conferences, uh, but all the SEC schools, every one of the SEC schools, we've got the scouts breakdown and preview of the season. We break down everything from all the off-season news. um, Give an overall roster analysis. Who graded out the best uh, in um, the country last uh, year. uh, uh, Who graded out on the team last year uh, the best and uh, incoming players coming in. So we've got a lot of exciting things for you there the um, grading the recruiting class uh, grading the roster depth chart uh, grading the overall team offense defense special teams we got it all for you there Uh, the notable draft checklist for the class of 2022 the 2023 2024 we got it all for you so we'll get you a look of how the season might play out a little bit so i thought today Um, I had another direction I was going to go but I do want to get into a lot of what people have talked about and have asked about, about kind of talking about the SEC coaches and how they rank and uh, what do you think of them and and maybe we'll do that kind of school by school um, in in terms of getting a feel for where the programs are but uh, certainly also uh, who are the best coaches? I, I think that it's pretty obvious we can get it out the way that you know, Alabama is the gold standard in college football and has been for some time. It's who they recruit, how they develop, their coach. The best coach no longer the best discussion about the best coach in the country. Um, the best of all time. Some don't even think that's a, a debate anymore and certainly that's the case. Where do we go from that's always interesting to look at because how do we rank coaches? Well you heard me and I'm not gonna go over it again but you heard me talk about when doing coaching searches how you evaluate assistants, head coaches. Everything's different. Every coaching job is different. Being the head coach at Alabama is not the same as being the head coach at Kentucky or Missouri. Um. Been the head coach at Oklahoma is not the same as being at Kansas State. Bill Snyder is one of the great coaching jobs of all time. You know, um, but never won a national championship. You're not supposed to win a national championship at Kansas State. You really, in fact, as we go further and further, there's going to be less chance of those type of teams winning a national championship, you say, what? How does that? No, we're going to potential twelve teams. We're gonna have a surprise team. No, I don't. We won't. What will happen in the old days of the BCS? Because there was a there was a chance once that Kansas State, while well, they were one game away, they were a one upset by N M away in the Big Twelve days of getting into the BCS championship. Well, if you were to find your way in a league that you could be a Wisconsin or you could be a Kansas, you could be somebody that had a really good season, went unbeaten, and maybe the one team um, you you could find your way with a twelve and zero record. Well, you might get voted in. Uh, BYU in 84, before we even had BCS, wasn't the best team in the country, but they had an easy record, an easy bowl game, and they got voted in. In the BCS era, it changed, but then you have to understand that if you have an easier path and you get put in, all you got to do is win one game. Now, you're going to have to win multiple games against really good teams. So it's a change. And uh, Luke, good morning, Luke, Luke's joined us. says, if the overwhelming majority of teams have no chance of winning the title, then what's the point of being a fan? Look, that's up to each individual fan. I think that if you're a fan of a program, maybe there is hope in your eyes, but if you're a fan, I mean, we just saw Mississippi State win the national championship in baseball, the College World Series. It's the first championship they've ever won nationally. I don't know how many of those fans think they're capable of winning a national title in football. I think some of them are naive and think that maybe it could happen. Um, But most of them understand that a good season is going to a nice big bowl game. College football has changed. See, it used to be national championships were not really that important way back in the day. They were mythical. See, the way college football worked in the old days, historically, is you wanted to win your conference. Um, you didn't have many bowl games. If you didn't win your conference, you still had a good year. You could maybe go to a nice bowl game. You went to a bowl game? Man, that was like the that's the biggest thing. I mean, that's, that's like going to the College World Series or going to... You know, the Elite Eight in, in basketball, that was it. You didn't have 40 bowl games. If you win the Big Ten of the Pac-12, you want to go to the Rose Bowl and win the Rose Bowl. You didn't give a flip because winning the national title, there was no national championship. It was after it's over, we vote. In fact, it used to be that they would vote on the national champion, then have the bowl game. Bowl game was an exhibition, meaning, oh, this doesn't count in how you rank the teams. Now, how different is that from modern era? That's the way it was. Um, It's changed. It's changed over time. It's changed drastically. Now, what we've changed to is give everybody a chance. Everybody will have an easier path. You get into the playoffs. And look, I'm not saying never. I'm not saying you can't ever win. That's not what I'm saying. We had this discussion the other day, and I know a couple of folks are frustrated. Well, no, you can do it with the right coach. and the It's a chicken-egg thing. You know, um, there's Sir Nick Saban, we'll use him as an example. And, and, and I know he's grown as a coach. He left Michigan State because he knew he couldn't win a national championship at Michigan State. There were, there were you know, the commitment by the president, all those things, it wasn't the same. They don't have the resources. He was second fiddle in his own conference from a support resource standpoint. He went to LSU and yours truly was being an LSU grad and being very close with Nick way back, including to now. Helped to convince him that LSU was a potential sleeping giant. So, so the whole point, and I, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Cade. I think was you know was saying, "Hey, look, no, right coach could change it. LSU never won." Well, Ellis, There's some places that are sleeping giants that you can build. Florida State built something. Th- yes, you can do that. So I'm not. Maybe I'm being a, I'm wording it incorrectly. There are things you can do, but there are haves and have-nots. You know, he goes to LSU and he wins a title, he builds a program. Now, if he had stayed at LSU, which, by the way, he wasn't going to stay at Michigan State, and he wasn't going to stay long forever at LSU because he was going to go to the NFL. That was was his plan. And the only way he wasn't going to go in the NFL is if he didn't have success. So he went into the NFL, and then, but, you know, people say, well, if you put Nick Saban at Michigan State, if you, put Michigan, uh, if you put Nick Saban at Mississippi State, whatever, Missis, first of all, he would never go to Mississippi State because they don't have the resources to do what he wants. It's like when people used to tell me, even at the pro level, yeah, let Parcells go to Tampa and win. This was back when Tampa and were Culverhouse, Parcells would never go there because they didn't have a good owner, and they didn't have the leadership, they didn't have the resources, and that's at the pro level where things are more evenly dispersed. In college you just, there's some places you just don't have it. More places have money today because of the big television contracts, but all that means is the rich schools that have other money besides the TV can do different things. So, the point is, is well, if you, if, if you took Mississippi State and they could have all the things that Alabama has, and the only thing they lack is tradition, and you put Nick Saban, and he can do everything he could at Mississippi State, he could at Alabama, then yes, in theory, he could. They can't do that. They can't offer that. That's when I say take a peek behind the curtains and understand that it's not just, you know, everybody looks the same if you're watching games and you're following it as a fan. Behind the scenes, how they operate, in theory, yes, if everybody had the same money, everybody had the same commitment and resources administratively, yeah, there it could be more evenly dispersed. So your point about if, if you're a fan, your no, team has no chance of winning, well, again, I, I think that, and look, you you tell me out there, if you're a fan of one of those teams that is not a real contender, what is your expectation? If you're a fan of Ole Miss, Mississippi State. If you're a fan of Missouri. If you're a fan of Arkansas. um, Arkansas had more national success, but you know they're in a tougher league now. Um, Kentucky in football. I mean, you know, can you? Are you happy with having a really good season? A really good season. You know, And what is that? To you, it might be, well, it depends on the schedule. How well you play, how well you look. Look, I think what's going to happen is a lot of those teams So Luke says to build to a point where you can break through and compete for a title. Well, you got to be specific about what team you're talking about, and I could answer it. I know Luke, by the way, is in Boston. Hey, great to have you says it's uh, raining in Boston. Stay dry, be safe. So maybe give an example of what team. So there's some teams. Florida State was a program that was, and Miami were two programs that were a little bit of an anomaly. They were independents. They got into the population boom where they really started to benefit. Ole Miss, okay. So Luke is an Ole Miss fan. Um, Look, Ole Miss has got great tradition back in the old days. Ole Miss has never won, in fact, they've never been, the the only team, well, excuse me, the only team in the West that's never been to the SEC Championship game. Um, in fact, they and Vanderbilt were the only two teams that's never, uh, Kentucky, sorry, that's never been to the Conference Championship game. Um, Ole Miss Old Tradition. I mean, I go back enough to know that Coach Vaught, 50s, Ole Miss, LSU, those were there's no two more programs that were more similar than those two. Go into the Archie days, really good teams. I remember when they moved the sixty nine game into the beginning of the year, Alabama Ole Miss, because what a great matchup. You saw the job that Cut did with Eli. Was that a really good? I don't know, Luke. I'm, I don't. I don't know your age. I apologize, but but I don't know if you remember the Cotton Bowl year and the nice run. I don't know if you remember them playing Nick Saban's Alabama team in Oxford, and basically that was for the leg up on winning the West. I mean, it was. that was a big game. That can happen. That can ha- can it? Can you win a national title? Well. That's going to require being able to do things a little bit differently, a little bit better. Um, it's tougher. There are more obstacles there. So, look, there's... You say, well, you don't have the right coach, you never... Uh, again, if an elite coach... So let's just say... I'm not going to mention one because people... Well, I don't like him. I, forget it. There's a really good coach. He's at, he's at, a, he's at a program... That's really, really good. Uh, you know, I mean, he's made the program very good. Um, l- let's let's look at um, an example of maybe a good coach, a, a Jimbo Fisher. I'm just going to throw that. I- I'm just want to get specific. and I'm not saying Jimbo Fisher had opportunities. When he was an assistant at LSU to take the Mississippi State job, he, 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 you know, looking at it, he didn't think he could win there. And I think he felt the same about Ole Miss, meaning win at a high level. He went to Florida State as the coach in waiting because that program was where you can win in elite level. So he leaves Florida State. We know he went to A&M. Now that's an example. AM's a great example. They don't have. What you call championship tradition at AM, but resource wise, they absolutely can do what LSU and all those programs do. And they, they put the money towards them. And just because you have the money doesn't mean you you win, right? Michigan. Tons of money. What's the list? I got the notes here. I got the notes from the schools that make the most money, more money than Alabama, Georgia. Texas, Michigan, AM, Ohio State, Penn State all make more revenue from their athletic department than Alabama, just by comparison. AM, without the attrition, could do it. Florida State did a good Jimbo Fisher, or, or anybody, just whoever is in a coach that you'd like to get, you're not going to be able to get that guy. That guy is more likely going to want to go, maybe stay where he's at or wait for a job that he perceives better. You may not perceive it as better, but remember the only opinion that matters are the candidates for the job. And some people, Hugh Freeze, thought a whole lot more about the Ole Miss job than most. Tommy Tuberville, whether you hate him, like him, whatever, and boy you know he's a polarizing topic for Ole Miss fans, left to go to Auburn. Why? Auburn's a better program in the eyes of coaches. Now, would Hugh Freeze, absent of all of his stuff, would he have left? You know, he was probably more tied there than others. Would he have left? We don't know. Okay? Would he like to be back there and erase what happened? Yeah, but he might have taken something a little bit better. Again, it's not better like, boy, their fans are better. No, it's no affront to anybody the financial resources to do things. Oh, but my head coach makes as much. That's not, that's a drop in the bucket. It's the overall infrastructure of the program. So, look, I don't know. I mean, look, if, if if, if for example, can Ole Miss get to the point under Lane to where they're competitive, they go to bowl games, Maybe play in games during the year that keeps them in the West race. You know, Jeff says Dan Mullen showed you can win there. He won at Mississippi State, but what did he win? Did he win the West? Yet, yeah, no. That's winning. That's my point. You can do that. So that define winning. Luke's, you know, I don't know. Luke's saying compete. Yes. Could Mississippi State, Mississippi State, all those programs, Kentucky's doing it, compete where you're good? Uh, Dan Mullen didn't win the West. He didn't win the SEC at Mississippi State. I, you know, that's what most people say, and, and that's to the point Luke was saying. If if you can't win and comp- win a title, then it's what's the point? Well, then, I don't know. If that's your only thing, you're probably going to be disappointed. Well, if you look at history. Yeah, Dan Mullen was very successful at Mississippi State. Heck, you freeze was very successful. Neither one of them won the West. Now, if you take those years that they had, I remind folks, the first playoff rankings when they came out that year. Ole Miss and Mississippi State, or Mississippi State Ole Miss. I think it was Mississippi State I think they were one and two, or both in the top five. I forget. Doesn't matter. Really, really good had good teams well coached everything going for it but still couldn't get past Alabama couldn't get you know they had success that could maybe surprise folks but having success there is being good going to good bowl games being in games that matter in the conference where you can be a contender but until you break through and do it could you do it if you have one of those type of years where let's say mississippi state oh miss alabama goes through a coaching change and, and alabama does which they have in the past like texas or michigan's doing right now where they're just sputtering and not getting it done despite all their resources they do a bad job maybe a bad because jimbo leaves lsu self-destruct all of a sudden you know auburn and it's it's maybe the two schools auburn you got a chance to win it but it's only when those schools are not doing that good of a job. I've said this before. Well, Missouri, can Missouri win it? Missouri went to the conference championship twice. Why? They did a nice job. They did about as good as you could do at Missouri. But even that wasn't good enough to get there if it wasn't for the fact that Georgia was underachieving, Florida was underachieving, Tennessee was underachieving. Well, you take those three out. Well, game's on for everybody else. If we're going to eliminate the three, the three programs that have a lot of resources and don't do a good job of it, having the resources doesn't guarantee you a darn thing. But it gives you an advantage. It gives you an advantage to start. So that's the whole point. So, like I, I feel for you, and I don't want to sit here and say, "Man, Ole Miss can't ever win it." I mean. Look, um, I'd be, the landscape over time may change. You know, maybe, here's the thing. I'll give you this one. This is out of the region, but to give you an example. How, okay, the dynamics of a program could change. Oregon. Oregon had solid programs for years. Norm Van Brocklin. I saw um you know luke Jenkins said people don't think clemson can but oh luke no 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 the opposite clemson was absolutely the program that had all the money all the resources that underachieved for years no 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 my friend they they started under charlie pell the iptay club i pay 30 a year as in thousand and they, they've just got jigging the folks no, no, no. Clemson has all the resources to do what they're doing. They just didn't do it. They, you know, just like Texas. Um, no, 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 my friend. No, no, no. They've got far more resources there. You put Clemson's resources and you put them in the SEC. They're right there at the top. In fact, they'd be right there. They're they're almost a microcosm of Georgia. They are just microcosm. I mean, now, the campus will remind you of Auburn. So the, it's, Clemson is Auburn with a lake. Uh, But their infrastructure is a lot like Georgia. So, no, I, look, let me give you a better example. Look, Oregon. That just talked about. Dan Fouts, Bobby Moore, who became Ahmad Rashad. I mean, they did good programs. Rich Brooks came in, did a good job. Until Phil Knight said, you know, and then how many Phil Knights are out there? But I mean, if you find a Phil Knight, Jeff Bezos type of guy that wants to take a program that has been a you know, because we're talking about booster money and outside money that could make a difference, um, that that can change it. Well, Oregon can compete at an elite level. And and you Eugene, Oregon's kind of a quaint place, but it's not, you, you, you're going there to go there. You're not, you're not going to bypass anything. Washington and Seattle, on Lake Washington and everything, is more scenic and all, um, and, and probably got a lot more going for it, but Oregon's money has made it, they built a city on the campus, that makes it just really, really impressive. So that's a, that's an example of, you think about the best program in the Pac-12. Well, historically it's USC. Oregon has done a better job to the to the point of some of you have made really good coaching, but a lot of resources. Now that's a program that's not an elite level, and there are others. Uh, A&M is another one, but it hasn't gotten there. So yeah, look, I, I think you can it's not that you can't do it, and i probably have been a little bit too strong in saying it, because I'll say ah you can't win one you can't win a national championship in football at Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And technically it's true Technically you can, but a lot of things are gonna have to happen outside of it. Because if the programs with more resources are doing a better job, well then it's very, very, very unlikely that it's gonna happen. And again, the programs that have more resources are more likely to continue to search for their right coach. And again, you say, well, go ahead, the right coach, the right coach, the right coach. You know, Jeff brings out Dan Mullen. Yeah, Dan did a good job. And Dan had opportunities. But where did Dan go? Went to Florida. Why do you think he went to Florida? I, I, I mean, I think he liked Mississippi State. I think they treated him well. He did have success. And you know what? The pressure, the expectations was not national championships there. And he wasn't going to get fired ever at Mississippi State for not going to the national championship or winning the SEC. Now, he would have been fired if the program slipped and they're winning five games a year. Yeah. But why does he go to Florida? Resources. You can win a national championship at Florida. You really can't at Mississippi State. Um... Jimmy Johnson. I can remember talking to Jimmy Johnson when he was at Oklahoma State. He liked the place. He was thinking about Florida. And some of the folks told him, his good friend Larry Lacewell told him, he he, he was going to be offered the Miami job. Now Miami's a place, they were getting ready to drop the program, but again, population boom, Howard Schnellenberger, you know the whole story. And I see your questions, Corey and Nola Jack. Let me get to them in a second. Um, Miami had built a power there. Now you say, well, oh, that's an example. Again, lot resources include recruiting resources, the ability to get them, and Miami slipped mainly because the financial resources haven't been able to keep up, so they're not anywhere where Clemson is because Clemson's got the resources. Again, Clemson, Miami wasn't even in the Big East at the time. Miami went to the Big East then the ACC. I digress. Jimmy was at Oklahoma State, and he was thinking about, "Shut, shut, stay here, go." And I remember talking to him, but then, then I, I remember being in a conversation with another one of his friends. Says, "Can you win the national championship at Oklahoma State?" Nah, I don't. I don't think so. He Says, "You better get your ass to Miami." That's what he told him. He says, "You know what? I mean, if that's your goal, that's not everybody is. Not everybody is." Some people are just, in, in the old days where you you could have stability and be there 30 years, you could do that. Um, so I, I think, what's the difference between Steve Spurrier at Florida, Steve Spurrier at South Carolina? Well, Steve was a little bit older at South Carolina, but he did a good job at South Carolina. Lou Holtz did a good job at South Carolina to a point. But you know what the difference was? Yeah, they were a little bit towards the end of their career. No, they were definitely towards the end of their career. That's a factor. But you know what's also a factor? You Florida. You can do things that you can't do, South Carolina. And South Carolina puts money in their program. And they've got a good state. South Carolina is very underrated in terms of talent quality of talent. And, and that's a program you could say has every opportunity to maybe bust through. Could they be like a Texas? Well a Texas AM. Well not quite. It got now, which hurt South Carolina most is what? Clemson. I will tell you, do you think Steve except who did a great job against Clemson when he was at the University of South Carolina. You think Spurrier at South Carolina, not, I know timing's everything, but do you think if the Clemson program that's there right now, rolling like they are right now, if Spurrier had to play them when he was coaching there, and he played them five times, how many times do you think he wins? Do you think he wins one, maybe two? If that, it's a massive upset. It's like trying to beat Alabama. Spurrier beat Alabama kind of earlier in the, you know, one of the, I think it's 2010, it can happen. It's just, it's tougher, much more obstacles. Jeff says, how has Arkansas struggled because they have the resources? Well, they haven't put as many, first of all, they do have resources, but you know what? They haven't put the, like the Walmart money, Walmart, they put some money in, but they don't do administratively, and they don't put and use the money quite the same way. I mean, it's, look, I mean, you know, when he went out and hired Chad, uh, and and I was working with him on the search, they just, there's a lot of politics, that's one answer, a lot of people in there that kind of maybe get their guy. They thought they made a big time hire with Brad Bielema because of his success at Wisconsin. And that was a splashy hire, but they have resources, but are are the resources as good as we think? Yeah, Tyson makes money, and Walmart, they got a few. But I don't think they spend it quite the same way. I mean, look again. People will say, well, if you put this guy over there, that's the point. That guy won't come to a lesser place because he doesn't have the resources. The whole point. Um, if you could do the same thing that he does, it why does? Let me give you another example. Why is it that Nick Saban's assistants that move on, by and large, are not as successful? go down the line. Kirby's an exception. Jimbo's an exception. Why do you think that is? Well, Kirby's at Georgia. Jimbo's at Florida State and now A&M. If you, now, Muschamp went to Florida and South Carolina and didn't do a very good job either way. Well, what's the difference? Well, he's got the plan. Here's the difference. Will's not Nick. And what Nick has done at Alabama and how he does it, there are no layers of bureaucracy there. He wants something, it's done. You can't take that program and put it somewhere else that can't do the same thing or not willing to do the same things. There is no one at Alabama that messes with Nick Saban. I can tell you, I've seen it. It's like if the president of the university, if the governor of the state wants to meet with Nick Saban, he'll need to make an appointment. Oh, it's done in a respectful way. But basically, it, it is a different world. And if he wants something done, it gets done. Why did he turn things around at LSU? He had the ability to do it. But you know what the difference is? When he took the job at LSU, it was part of it. I actually told him, All the politics at LSU has killed the program for years. He was hired by Mark Emmert. I know Mark is not very popular with the NCAA reign he's had. But at LSU, he absolutely, who was a great politician. And by the way, Scott Woodard, who's the athletic director now, was kind of a one of Mark's underlings, was also a great lobbyist and politician, not from a, a sports background. So Mark got all sorts of things done on campus that no one ever did at LSU. He found a way to get it done. Nick Saban, I kid you not, when Nick Saban got the job, he literally when he needed something, he called Mark Emmert. He bypassed Joe Dean. He bypassed Skip Burtman. It pissed those guys off, but Nick wasn't going to fool around. I'm going to be here to build a champion. No one's stepping my way. Now, LSU was able to do that. To a point, LSU can't do what Alabama does. Here's an example: LSU's great resources, right? Great, only big-time program in the state. Lots of recruiting talent. They've got money. They don't have Alabama money. I'll tell you, if Nick would have never left LSU, oh, he'd have won. He'd have won more titles. I mean, you know, Les won and 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 Ed won. He'd have won more. Wouldn't have won quite to the degree and he did at Alabama. And here's the other story that people don't know. Yes, he went to the NFL and he was going to the NFL. The minute Mark Emmert left, Nick was, Nick had Jimmy Sexton looking for the right opportunity because once he lost Mark Emmert, it, it wasn't the same for him. And so the point is, is, if you take Nick Saban, the gold standard, Michigan State can't win a title there, could have done absolutely what Mark Dantonio did. Mark Dantonio got them into the to the playoffs, fourteen playoff. Nick could have done that, M- may, maybe even a step further, but very unlikely, very unlikely that there can win a title there. He knew that goes to LSU. You can win a title there. You can build a program there. But Alabama, he can do more at Alabama. There are more financial resources than at LSU. He needs a million dollars. That's one phone call at Alabama and within 15 minutes it's in the works that's you know five phone calls to five people at LSU and it may take two weeks it may or may not happen eventually it will but you know again things are different that's the difference and that's an example of some people have the money, but the resources are. Blake says, does Kentucky have the Kroger money, like Arkansas has the Walmart money, or is the Kroger money split up? That Kroger doesn't, they've got the field on it, but that's a marketing deal. That's kind of like, well, Louisville had, I guess Louisville's, I've lost track, Louisville's taking Papa John's name off their stadium, right? Let me check and see, I've got notes of, yeah, I have to. would have to be, I would think with the with the you know the whole you know uh, no that they, they don't have they've got some of the money but they no they don't have that money it, the money the focus is there now they they focus in football look mark stoops told the folks at florida state why would i consider taking your job when we got better facilities at kentucky than you do at florida state that's true also mark at kentucky has got stability he's got support He's got resources, relatively speaking, to do what he can do. Florida has more, Georgia has more, Tennessee has more. But right now they're in a really good position, and I think because they've done a good job, and Tennessee struggled, they're only behind Florida, Georgia, Missouri's. You know, doing a nice job, but a good job at Kentucky's different than a. The expectations are different. You guys here, some of you are Florida fans, some of you are Georgia fans. What's your expectation on a regular basis, the Kentucky fan, football fan? If your expectations are the same, think about it. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? It's only going to happen if those programs ahead of them don't have that. So anyway, it's a it's a really good situation. Um, and now, if Mark says I want to, you know, I want to, I want to compete and win the national championship, then he's going to leave. He's got to go somewhere else to win a national championship. You're not going to do that at Kentucky. I mean, not impossible. Don't mean it literally. It's just highly, highly unlikely. Uh, A couple of things here. Corey asks, um, thoughts on how NLI changes the game? Does it just make the rich richer, or does it give schools like Ole Miss a chance to close the gap? Corey, it's a great question, I think it depends. Here's what I think will happen. Um, It's going to change it. I think the rich get richer. Think about it. The programs that have the biggest resources are funneling money to players anyway. What do you think is going to happen now that it can be an over-the-table instead or under-the-table? You know, uh, there are only a certain amount of players that, on their own, are going to be able to get um, a marketing deal on their own. But, the bigger resource programs because this is going to affect recruiting, are going to set up the best deals, quote-unquote, to where their players will get a lot of money. So I think more of their players are going to get more money because they're recruiting at a higher level and they're getting it. Now, here's the thing. Could an Ole Miss go out and get the best quarterback in the country and that guy go to Ole Miss over Alabama because maybe Ole Miss can give him more money than Alabama could because Al- because they are going to focus on one or two plays? Yes, you could see that. That could have an impact. Now, I think it has more of an impact in basketball. One or two players in basketball could really change the whole scope of the program. Football is a game of numbers. So if you're an Ole Miss and you get, let's just say you're in a battle with Alabama on the best quarterback, the best running back, the best receiver, the best tight end, the best offensive lineman, that's five. The best defensive linebacker. Okay, eight players, and you say, you know what? We're going to go get the, we're going to get all eight of. Them. That's great, but you're going to have to do that on more of the players because football is a game. You can have the best defensive lineman, the best linebacker, the best corner or safety. You can have the best lineman. You can have the best quarterback. You know, that's going to improve your lot. Is it going to put you where Alabama is? Alabama ruins this for Ole Miss and everybody. You take Alabama out of the mix, I mean, Ole Miss is a lot closer, a lot better chances of moving up, as does anybody else. Everybody's looking up at Alabama. So the answer is, don't know. Depends on how they do it. Overall, the rich will get richer. Because they'll have the pipeline to get take care of the, all the players. And they're still able to sell more than Ole Miss. You can win championships here. You can go play in the NFL from anywhere. But we've put this many players, first-round picks over the years. We develop players better and yada, yada, yada. That, when Nick Saban leaves, is going to change. I don't care who it is. It won't be as good of a sell as it is now. That's the difficulty. So I think I think that that's where I think maybe people can make their their move. Um, some guy's talking about uh, Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky does a really good job. And back when they had the Nutter Center and everything, they really started to do a good job. Uh, I want to tell you about the great folks at Blue Skies. They believe in being fast, fresh, friendly. Through a thoughtful layout and cleansiness of, cleanliness of their stores, Blue Skies hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience. From service to products, Blue Skies plans to keep things fresh and always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores and provide an even better customer service. A smile can say it all. Blue Skies wants to show our customers that they care about them and their shopping experience, and they will always strive to improve their efforts and accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Skies today at any of the 48 store locations across the Southeast. Isn't that the truth, though? You go in stores today, don't make any names, maybe the big change or what have you, you're looking for something you can't find. Good luck finding somebody that can help you or just point. That's what's great about folks like uh, at Blue Skies. They've got that fast, friendly Uh, interpersonal support. We really appreciate their support. We also appreciate Alpha Specialties. They're located on 1670 Highway 80 in Pro, Mississippi. They are the trailer-specific professionals. If you want to haul it, they can haul it. Alpha is a premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail, the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment dump gooseneck trailers that are built today. Fully primed and power coated. Low tread uh, trailers come with an industry-leading three-year warranty and two years of roadside assistance. Alpha Specialties also has Hallmark cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market, perfect for hauling goods to the markets and shows, ATVs to deer camps, hauling race cars, and more. Alpha can even work with third parties to have gamely trailers and concession trailers built. For podcast listeners, Alpha has a spare tire and wheels a sale starting at just $100. Alpha has a full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They also do all sorts of truck accessories. Listeners can also get 10% off their yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha Full Service Shop. They can repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, um, gooseneck, RV. Give them a call, will you? At 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. Make sure you tell them that you heard about Alpha on the MPW Digital Network of Podcasts. So we're kind of finishing um, courses. I assume schools will be establishing a marketing brand building department to facilitate these. uh, Oh, Corey, they've already done it. In fact, they've been doing it for a year because this name, image, and likeness didn't come up over the last month. Georgia has had a plan. I mean, all of them have a plan, but... Georgia was one of the first. They have they have deals with independent groups, and they've got their own. That uh, first of all, they have marketing groups that help market the players. Period. But the social media folks, they've had those folks to help the players. They've been having that for years. But there's going to have a special focus on ones to help the players secure you know um, marketing opportunities on their own. I mean, they're going to, quote-unquote, do it on their own, but they're they're going to be helped a great deal. No doubt about it. Already being done. Already being done. It's why you got so many that have already signed up. Some, look, I'm going to tell you, where I think most of this is going to take place <clears throat> is through social media. What are the kids that are in college? Think about that. I, I don't know the age of you folks. You guys know that I'm kind of an old decrepit jackass. Um, I, I didn't grow up with social media. It's something you've adapted to. All of these high uh, college kids have <laughs> done nothing but grow up with social media. They know that like they know everything about everything and they're all on it all the time and with the phone which is basically a computer now that you have, that's all the that's where they're gonna get all this stuff. They're, they're gonna know Everyone to a certain degree is going to know how to market themselves in social media to a point. And then they're going to get assistance on top of that. And, you know, you're already seeing them kind of reach out. So there's no question it'll be interesting to see. But think about this, and I could be proven wrong on this. But the programs that do the best job of having discipline and organization are the ones that are going to have success. What, I con- what I'm i concerned about is the level of distraction. So let's say you have a program where there's maybe a lack of discipline. Maybe a place like LSU where there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of freedom given to players. You know, are you going to have players, you know, oh, it's great. Name, image, and likeness. I'm glad they can make money. Yeah, that's fine. Until you start missing meetings and practice because you're spending time on that. I mean, it's okay if they want to do those video games too. But if they spend all night to 2 in the morning doing video games and they're not getting enough rest and they're more concerned about that and they're more concerned about their Twitter followers, are they focused as much on the playbook, on their workouts? Yeah, they may show up for the workout. They may be on time for their workout in the meeting. But have they done the best job of getting enough rest? had they done the best job of nutrition, hydration, all those things that are fuels to the body that are so important to the development. Well, think about it. If you have a program where players have a little bit more relaxed and they do what they want to do, and we know guys, it's kind of like people say, um, and and, and I don't, I've never been a user, so I don't know, but people say, ah, there's nothing wrong with marijuana or anything well, I, I get it, and I think there's a lot of movement to say that shouldn't be cause for this or that. But, like in the case of Darrell Rovenstahl who uh, left LSU, and by the way, may end up at Kentucky or Baylor, we'll see, um, if, just like drinking, overeating, that's not illegal, but if you've got an eating problem, you eat too much. You maybe drink too much. If it causes you to lose focus, you, if you just you've got a, you know, you spend too much time doing things that takes away from your preparation of being really good, it could have an effect. So, like marijuana, it all right. Well, it doesn't harm. It's no better, worse than beer. Okay. Well, that, if it if that's true. Um. Then, if you're distracted by it, meaning like if using it causes you to miss meetings or munch and be out of shape, well that that has a negative effect. So those are the type of things. Now you throw into if too many folks are on social media and they, they're worried more about that, and it causes that's fine to do that, but you have to organize, and this is going to be where good, organized programs. Hey, here's some time to do this. Here's how you budget your day. But you're going to have to give up something because there is no name, image, and likeness if you're not part of this team. You know, and and I think you're going to see places say, look, if you're going to be distracted and you're not going to be as good of a player because you're distracted, then you probably need to go elsewhere. And you can go elsewhere in the transfer portal and the school can use your scholarship to maybe get somebody else that's a little bit more focused on football, a little bit more disciplined. Because look, you talk about you got to go to school, you got to be in meetings, in, in workouts, you got to, you know, well, everybody's got to eat, but, you know, you, you've got to plan that. You got to go to study hall. Uh, you you want to go and date and have a social life. Um, you're going to do all that, and now you're going to maybe be spend time on social media. Well, I think a lot of times they're get, they're already on social media because that's what they do, that's what kids do today, and that's part of their free time. Now if they can take that time and coordinate it towards making money, well then that's less distraction. Blake asks, are you saying recruits that are less visible on social media might be a better option? Uh, n- no, not necessarily. Not not necessarily, because I, 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 I would not label that. I, I think there's some that are on social media, that are smart, that know how. I think the ones that are there's a vetting process. The ones that you, everybody says they're committed to football, committed. All oh, everybody says the right thing, but you can't hear what they say because their actions speak so loudly it drowns out what you say. Follow what they do. If if you're some, if you're the right type of kid that will work hard. They'll figure out a way because they're already doing it to to do this in the right way and and maybe even have some assistance where people can help do some of this stuff for them. Look, if if you can't, I mean, if you can't perform, if you can't be part of a team, um, you know, your name, image, and likeness is. The, the the marketability of that's going to go down. I mean, the more prominent you are, the more likely people might want to do business with you. Look, here's what I think you're going to see and I think we saw it. I somebody sent me something. Uh, There's an LSU gymnast. Um they got a deal. Wow. Well, take a look at her. I forget her name. Beautiful blonde. Well, I mean, now those are the ones that I think will be able to get deals on their own. Nobody's really pay much attention to volleyball or gymnastics, but you got some really smoking hot looking young girls. They're going to sell anything, you know, and and well, what do we watch on TV anyway? I mean, they they sell cars, they sell clothes, they sell makeup, they sell burgers. I mean, you you know what it is, sex sells. So you're going to see... You know, if they're inclined to do that and and, and 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 they'll they'll get opportunities. But I think football players there will be ones that are prominent. I think quarterbacks are gonna be the ones that people gonna maybe reach out to, but you're gonna see through help, as Corey's kind of a, you know, suggested, through help, it, a lot of people will be marketing. People say the lineman's not going to get any, well, you may not hear a lot about it. You'd be surprised. Um, You're not going to see big-time programs that are going to shut down this because, to the point or to the question, if you're a big-time program and you put a lot of restrictions, then all of a sudden, the school that might be able to kick boosters, put money. If you can go into recruits' home and say we can give great education, opportunity, real good football program, and oh by the way, uh, our players over the past two years, three years have averaged X dollars a month on name, image, and likeness. Here's the data. You, you, you know, again, the school's not doing it, but here's what they're making. They're going to be tracked. I, I can tell you that on campus, they're already doing education seminars for these kids, because these kids are going to get taxed on all this. They need to get CPAs. I tell you this, it's going to be, a, it'll be this. It'll be a good learning experience for them in college. I don't know how many college students, you know, they, they may lean on their parents to let them I don't even know if some of them, if you even do taxes, if you don't work, but if you do, you know, you need to get to. I think it's a good learning experience. Maybe they'll be better when, if you do get into the real world, you learn a little bit more about well, taxes and tax breaks and tax shelters, and maybe you invest money. I mean, you know, it would be nice if some of them say, "I'm going to make some money," and yeah, I may need this, but you know what? I'm going to start um, a four. 401- I'm going to start a, a, an investment fund or whatever. You know, I, I think those things are four hundred one k. It would be nice. It would be smart. Think about this for a second. You got a chance to get a four-year education. Let's say you you have no chance of sniffing the NFL or any other sport, but I'm, I'm talking football. You have a chance to get an education at a prestigious university, get a four-year degree, and, and maybe get a master's, maybe more, maybe go into advanced studies. You can get all of that paid for. You can get tutorial help. You can get free books, free board and if you can you can learn business side and market yourself you let's say you can make 50 grand a year, 60 grand a year. Not some of them are going to make a lot more than that. But if you could do that, get your degree, make 50 or 60 grand a year just by being associated with a big time program and you In addition to all that, what a hell of a head start. Who wouldn't raise their hand up for that that's not an elite player? If you're an elite athlete that's going to get the big NBA or baseball or NFL contract, you want more. But who would sign up for that? I think a lot of them. I mean, a lot of you out there got kids. You think you'd like some of that? You know, hey, Dad, Mom. Don't have to worry about the tuition. Don't worry about books. Don't worry about room and board. Uh, and oh, by the way, I'm going to be making five grand a month. And I, man, you just hit parent lottery there. Um, yes, the very inherits Jeffrey did commit to um, there. And uh, check it uh, out. Got uh, over on the website. We had the details on it. Uh, so absolutely. So no, no, I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, ranking of the coaches—we're kind of—we'll uh, um, finish this up. H- how do we do? It? How do we rank the coaches? I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. After saving, I mean, you look at it. Think of who who you put there. Um, you know, you want to say, "Well, this guy's won a title." This guy did. not Again, everything's a little different. Circumstances are different. How I may look at it, it's a little different. Um, some guys are better fit some places. Um, Jimbo Fisher comes to mind as, all right, he's won a title. He's uh, built a program before. He's got the experience at Florida State. He's doing a whale of a job at A&M. The program looks not only good, but sustainable. Um, does that mean he should be ranked two or not? I, I I mean, he's really, really good. Um, The best looking program in the conference, not named Alabama, is Georgia. I think the issue there, and this is part of Georgia's history, um, they've only hired uh, an experienced head coach once in their entire football career. That's Jim Donner, who had been the head coach at Marshall. They had actually offered the job to Kansas coach Glenn Mason, who took it and backed out. So they were obviously gone with a, with a head coach. But everybody else has been to events, really everybody. Everybody was an assistant. Now, that was pretty commonplace back in the day. But Kirby, still young and still learning. And remember, where Nick got experience at Toledo and at Michigan State, and at LSU, and with the Dolphins before you went to Alabama. Um, one thing, there's no doubt that the program in the country, from how it looks behind the scenes, behind the curtain, the program that looks the closest to Alabama is Georgia. Folks, they spend more money on analysts. They all the, they do it the closest to the way Alabama does it now. Now, they don't have the titles that the wrapped up at Alabama does, but what's sustainable, his youth, and on top of all that, which I don't think is a reason to hire a guy, but it's just one of those, ex- he happens to be one of theirs. So, being a Georgia boy, being a, a Georgia Bulldog, is more likely to stay there long-term. I don't think there's a job that he would like more than that. The only thing that makes that job less appealing is if he get the wrong people in the administration. Um, You know, I think think Dan Mullen is an outstanding coach. Uh, I think he did a really good job at Mississippi State. I think he'll do a good job at Florida. Again, we will see over time whether he can catch Georgia as a program. They don't look quite as good as Georgia. Uh, now, that Florida is another place that, by the way, you may not know this, are a little bit behind Georgia and others in facilities. Florida kind of got a little there. Now, they're improving that. They're coming, and they got the resources it. But, but an example, not everybody that has the resources use it is the same way. So, uh, Dan's really good. Now, is he as good a recruiter? Does the program look as good as Georgia? It does not. And I, th- I think they're kind of trailing behind them a little bit. They beat them last year on the field. They do it again this year and, you know, two in a row and we'll talk. They're, Dan does a good job. I think Dan does a great job of maximizing what his offensive talent is. They're not as good defensively. Uh, Kirby's got a more consistent Building defense personnel, again, they look more like Alabama than anybody does in the conference. Um, I think Mark Stoops does a phenomenal job. You're never going to, look, I mean, you're not going to beat those upper echelon teams unless it's an unusual circumstance. Um, But he does a really, really good job. Ed Ogeron, I'm not as high on him as others are. He won a national title. Give him credit. You know, he may not have found Joe Brady, but he hired him, and he's the head coach. Um, Dave Aranda, he inherited. The issue with Ed is Ed's not a great football guy, and Ed's not real disciplined. Ed is strictly a recruiter, so everything in Ed is about love players, recruit the players, and, and so players have a lot of freedom. Well, you give a lot of freedom to your players and coaches. They might be able to lift you up, or they might hang you. And that's why you have 2019, you get a team, you get a Joe Brady, you get veteran receivers, you get Joe Burrow who was like a coach. He led all the workouts. They're doing all these things and it just hit. And they won a national title. Collapsed last year. Now I think this year's going to be, obviously I think it's going to be somewhere in between. But the sustainability, the consistency, is totally dependent on the staff. Nick Saban has the same amount of coaching changes. But the message doesn't change, the program doesn't change, the philosophy doesn't change. At LSU, they hire two coaches, the whole philosophy changes, the whole program changes, the whole offense changes, the whole deep. They They Dave Aranda went, Bo Pelini comes in totally different. Well, everything that they did, everything those kids learned and grown undeveloped in doesn't work. And Bo, who has been a very, very successful at Nebraska, better than anybody since, but ego, I'm going to do it my way, I'm the boss, I want, I came here, and he was told this by the administration of the it's your defense. You do what you want. It's me. It's mine. I'm like, well, that is a kind of a selfish way. You, you and it blew up. It backfired, and there's nothing Ed can do about it because Ed's not controlling the message. Ed's not, you know, you know, he doesn't have that respect among assistants. So you've got an issue there. So you hit it on the staff could be really good. You don't hit it, you're not really good. Well, systems are important on every staff. Yes, they are. But the quality of the head coach is the ability to identify, procure, and develop, and have control over. I mean, to come out and say, "Uh, yeah, man, I made uh, these hires. I didn't even interview them. In other words, trying to absolve himself from the process. Well, that just makes it look worse. That You didn't even interview him, and you're the head coach? That's that's a, ne- a neglect of, I don't know that I've ever seen anything in my 40 years in football that was dumb. You're better off saying it didn't work. <laughs> you know, that happens. You make the hire, and it doesn't work. I've, I've seen Nick and other people hire guys that it doesn't work, they move on. To come and say, I didn't even talk with him. In other words, I, I really didn't know what I'm doing, but I didn't take the time to do it. Well, that, that's, that's the dumbest, most incompetent thing to do. Well, I didn't get involved in this. You know, you, that's not, you know. So I, I think that do Ed, I don't have, wouldn't have Ed ranked as high. Lane Kiffin is a work in progress, really good offensive mind, a good recruiter. I think he's matured. Um, I think he's he's pretty good. I think Brian Harson is an outstanding coach, and I think will look completely different in that. I think they'll be much better coach. But if he doesn't recruit at a top five level, we're talking about the same thing, even worse. Florida's gap from Georgia is not as big as Auburn's gap is from Alabama. Auburn is nowhere near talent. And, and they've been really good and have been challenging because they're really talented. They're going to have to recruit at a top five level if they're going to compete with them. Mike Leach is very inconsistent, very stubborn, and is going to pull some upsets but not be all that good. Eli Drinkwich is a really good coach. I think he'll, you know, again, he's not going to flip things over and, and, and turn a program around, but he'll do a nice job. Um, going back to Leach. he's going to get really good, better plays at Mississippi State. Yes, but he's going to be further down the totem pole in the SEC, even though he's got more talent at Mississippi State than he will ever get at Texas Tech and at Washington State. He's further behind more teams in the SEC than he ever was in those two leagues. He'll be good to surprise a team due to his unique schematic look but it's not sustainable, and, I, I, you know, again, what's your expectation? You know, you're not, he's not a championship caliber coach because his style is so gimmicky, the defenses will never have a real chance. Um, and he's a guy that's a finger pointer. It's always the player's fault, and, and he's not going to recruit at a really, I mean, he's going to be three stars or as good as they can get. Ole Miss will recruit better. Arkansas will recruit better um, in terms of talent. Mississippi State: the longer Mike Leach is there, the lower they'll rank in terms of talent. Um, Sam 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 is really good job at Arkansas in a tough spot. They've got to maybe utilize those resources. Maybe he can can do it. Um, I worry about Shane Beamer, young guy. Um, but I think has I think has good organizational skills. I, I, I think the key there is he's going to have to continue to really put a good staff together and really put a good culture. Clark, again, do what you can do at Vanderbilt. It's difficulty knows the place. They're spending more program uh, more money on the program than they have before. Josh Heupel, Tennessee is a mess, an NCAA mess. But that that has potential to get a lot better. See, for Carson, who is the higher ceiling, Ole Miss or Mississippi? Ole Miss. Ole Miss does. Now, wrong coach at Ole Miss, right coach at Mississippi State. Mississippi. We're not talking about a tremendous difference. Ole Miss has a higher ceiling. Well, first of all, they have a higher ceiling now because they've got a coach that can recruit, and I think a really good offensive coach that can do a multitude of things, and I think is capable of hiring and recruiting better defensive talent on a consistent basis. So I think Ole Miss is better, but not like a decisive margin. Um, I, think, I think, you know, uh, I, I think that's, that's how I, I see it. Uh, overall, if you just were starting over fresh, um, I mean, Ole Miss is more tradition. Ole Miss has, you know, but it's all tradition. Um, I, I, I think that, and we just talked about it, I think I think it was Blake or one of the guys mentioned, Dan did such a good, Mullen did a good job at Mississippi State. That's That program's really, really good shape. When Dan left it, it's not as good now. Dan knew how to. Dan. Dan put together a developmental program like Iowa does, like Wisconsin does in the SEC. He didn't. He got, but he got really good athletes that maybe changed the positions and. You know, But they weren't really highly recruited because the production-wise, they weren't that good on film, but he could see the athletic ability and he developed them. And they stayed in the program longer. So he did a really good job. That's the type of guy that you need there. Uh, you're not going to go to Mississippi State and become a, you know, we're going to recruit top three or four in the SEC. you got to have a good developmental guy. I, I, I think Mike is a little... Um, a little too gimmicky for me. Now, again, there are going to be times, like first game last year against LSU, everybody was jumping up. Oh, this guy is going to make waves and do that. And I told people just to calm down. Okay, This this was more about LSU, and you're going to see the... I think Mississippi State will be better this year. I do. I don't think anybody in the West is bad. Their record might not look good. But I, I don't think anybody will be bad. And I don't know that Mississippi State will finish 7th, 6th, 5th, 4th. I I don't know. I think it depends. It's all relative, right? Uh, But I think Ole Miss has a little more of a higher ceiling. They've got more going for it currently. And I think institutionally, I think they have it. But the good thing about the programs are they've got really good facilities at every place. So you can do a good job. I think a really good coach that will develop players, could do a good job. But you you can't ignore defense. You can't ignore certain aspects of your program. Um, you can't be someone that doesn't work hard in recruiting and be able to do that consistently. Dan and his staff did it at State. I don't know that Mike fits that bill. We'll see. Could be wrong on that. Hey, folks, I have picking up way too much of your time. I really appreciate those of you that hung through. Uh, thanks, Sammy. Um, to you, have a great weekend as well everybody out there um Rep card now if i pronounce your name mispronounce your names i apologize sip Rep card sammy jeffrey blake Corey. um you said jeffrey luke joining us hey luke from boston man i hope things dry out and you have a good holidays. i mentioned jeff nola jack uh, oh, Nola Jack says, who would you rank them uh, the receiving corps? Uh, well, we're running out of time. Let me go through that. Nola Jack, could you... I missed that. I'm sorry. My bad. Could you... Uh, maybe we get to that um, next week if we would rank the re- receiving corps in the South. Um, I think Tampa's really good. Um, th- th- clearly, they're one. But th- let me go through that a little bit more in depth for you next week if you'll remind me. So, To you, Jeffrey, Luke, everybody, Uh, Corey, I think I've hit everybody. Really, bless you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. We're really excited about where things are headed and where things are going. And um, uh, we'll have Neil back hopefully on Tuesday. So have a great weekend. Be safe. And we'll talk to you next week in another another edition of SEC Football and Beyond on Tuesday morning. Same time, same place. So long, everybody.